The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. We've got a couple of Cinderella stories, both in the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. We're going to talk about both of those, as well as Antonio Brown possibly making a return to football. And we'll kind of explain more on how he might do that, as well as uh, Mello, Carmelo Anthony. He has now announced his retirement, even though some of us may have even thought that he was already retired. Uh, And we're going to have to talk about Brooks Kepka winning the PGA tournament, winning another major and some college softball action went on this past weekend as well, which has been a lot of fun to watch. We're going to talk about all of this and so much more today on Rising to the Occasion. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rising to the Occasion. We're so excited to be able to get into some fun action, a lot of fun stuff going on, like I said, both in the NBA and the NHL. We've been very shocked at what we've seen on both both aspects and both conferences. Um, but before we do, let's go ahead and bring in our first sponsor for the evening, and that's Brothrow. Brothrow is an amazing sponsor of ours, and we were even just talking about Brothrow this past weekend um, because I was able to not only go on there and find some bets that I really liked and be able to to bet on different games and kind of take a browse around the platform to kind of see what was going on there but i was also able to win a contest uh something else that Brothrow does Brothrow is an amazing site it's not a sports book it is where you go on and it's a community where you go on and bet against other sports bettors so it's legal in all 50 states because you're not giving your money to Brothrow. you're giving your money to people who you lose to if you sign up today you sign up for compl- for nothing it's absolutely free So you sign up completely free, which is totally worth it just to check it out. But on top of that, you can also sign up and join our group, but you only pay if you lose a bet. So you can join our group, make some bets with us, against us, however you see fit. You can place your own bets, look through the rest of the community, kind of see what else is going on throughout, uh, you know, who else is putting what kind of bets and see if there's something you want to take. And like I just now mentioned a moment ago too, they also make some contests. I was only two picks away from being able to win a Scotty Cameron uh, putter. So that would have been pretty cool to be able to, to get that all correct and be able to win that putter, but was able to, to win a pretty hefty chunk of change from that. So Brothrow is amazing. Like I said, it's not a sports book. It's a sports betting community where you bet against other sports bettors. So that's what makes it so much more fun than other sports books and things like that, that you can, you can bet on sports right now. Brothrow is only accepting people through a specific link. So if you want to bet with us, our link is brothrow.com slash rising to bet without fees, no minimum bets. And if you bet $10, you're going to win $10. That's how this works. So you can go to brothrow.com slash rising to that's B-R-O-T-H-R-O-W.com slash R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O. And you can find us on there as well. You can play some bets and have some fun. All right, let's go ahead and bring in my only co-host for the evening as of right now. Uh, I've got Jeremy in studio with me. Jeremy, how you doing? Man? I'm doing pretty good then. Obviously, once you text me about all your bro, for, bro throw success, <laughs> I'm like, man, like you're just ragging it all up on bro throw. But going back to bro throw, like what more can you talk about? Obviously, for free, then 
Um, obviously having contests for what you can possibly win. Like, for example, obviously almost won the putter. That would yeah. have been heck really, really cool. But um, I've even had some success in it. Then I know, like you mentioned, you found some suckers in it. Then I'm thankfully able to find one of those suckers, and I want a hefty chunk of change as well. But I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be back. Then hopefully we can get Blake on this episode. Yeah, yeah, Blake was kind of busy. I know he was kind of having some technical difficulties on his show. Go ahead, go check him out, Uptempo Podcast. If you're an Auburn fan, you'll absolutely love it. Uh, if you're not an Auburn fan and you just like to hear about the SEC and what's going on in the SEC, you might still enjoy it. Uh, I'm not really an Auburn fan at all but uh, of course i like supporting blake and jumping on there and checking him out uh, right now we've got both nba playoffs and nhl playoffs starting to to kick off you know we got puck drop about to happen we've mm-hmm. got that one up on the wall here but getting into the nba we're going to start there because we just saw something that was totally unlikely and something right. that i don't think any of us saw coming no. uh, and it was the heat the heat were able to bring the heat uh, they were able to not just win game one at Boston, not just win game two at Boston, but then to bring it back home to an absolutely on fire and energetic stadium and win in front of their crowd to win three straight against a number two seed. And let's let's go back in time and remember what happened with this this Heat team because this Miami Heat team, they were not supposed to be in the playoffs at all. For those who can remember, the Heat had to to lose a game uh, in the play-in tournament, go and play a consolation round just to make it to the, the seven seed. They barely squeezed in through that and then beat a number one seed in Milwaukee, cruised past uh, the Knicks pretty easily, and now they're up three to zero Man. against the Celtics, who were really the favorite to win it all. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I know that... Uh, I, th- I think you picked the Heat to possibly make an upset too, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we were kind of picking that. And I think for me, it was like maybe a game six, but it'll probably go to game seven upset in Boston or something like that. I mean, did you see a 3 0 start coming from the, the Heat? Not a chance. Like, <laughs> the Heat have definitely shocked the entire NBA world right now. As you mentioned, Louis had to lose, had to play their way in, then do the unthinkable and beat the number one seed. Like, this road has obviously not been easy for the Heat. Like, they've literally scratched every tooth and nail on the wall just to get into where they're even at right now. And, I mean, look at their offense, of course, with Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler just putting up unbelievable numbers. Then just even on, the, on their defensive side, I mean, they're allowing very few shots than just playing really, really smart than even their transition game just – Knowing when to when to back down, when to put a lot of pressure on the ball handler, but um, just the Miami Heat, they're literally picking apart the Boston Celtics right now, as you can obviously sell in a being up for three to nothing on the series. Then they're literally picking apart every clover on the Boston Celtics right now. Like coming from a Boston Celtics fan, it hurts a little bit, but it's really cool to see the Miami Heat literally pull out this kind of talent and shock almost the entire NBA world right now by by pulling off an unbelievable series right now. Yeah, yeah, it's been absolutely insane. And to see the way that Jimmy Butler performed in game one and in game two, but then here in game three, it just seemed like there was no heart, there was no passion, there was no love for the game, there was no team chemistry, yeah. just absolutely no emotion coming from the starters for, for the Celtics at all. Yeah, uh, You know, and so to, to see the Celtics kind of start off with no drive and then just to keep that going the entire time turnover after turnover that led to more points for the heat yeah and the heat were just on fire Absolutely. Uh, and i was trying to pull up too because I, I don't remember what the overall percentage was for 
the Celtics on three point, but they were shooting from three point land and just couldn't put anything together. Uh, and it was just absolutely insane to see how how vastly different the two teams were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here, just for for a comparison, so the the Heat won one hundred and twenty eight to to one hundred two. So they not only win by uh, twenty six points, but on top of that. Uh, the field goal percentage is really what did the difference here because the Miami Heat overall field goal percentage shot 46 of 81, so only 81 shots compared to 39 of 98. So the Celtics took more shots and still lost the game. I mean, if that doesn't speak measures, uh, I mean... They, they almost costed me my over. Yeah. Uh, and I, show, I showed you that where I was yeah. like, ah, I'll take a hefty bet on this one. Why not? Because the over's easy. The over guy was game. sweating bullets right here. But goodness gracious. It, and it wasn't because there was a lack of effort from the, from the heat whatsoever. It was yeah. all just because the Celtics didn't put up any points. Yeah. Uh, and that was just, it was inc- incredibly just, I guess, bonkers of. just yeah. to see that. But they were 11 of 42 from three-point land, the Celtics Man. were. I mean, just absolutely terrible uh the the worst i think i've ever seen from the from the celtics mm-hmm. and not only that but jason tatum didn't step up jalen brown didn't step up and i think what you see from the celtics non-stop in that game was that they were constantly complaining mm-hmm. about what was going on with the refereeing and for the with the officiating rather than just keep your head in the game and play the game because you're going to get calls that don't go your way. Yeah. But honestly, from an unbiased position, I was looking at that game and I thought the referees were just bad in general. There was, uh, I didn't like the charging uh, call on Kyle Lowry being turned over to a blocking, uh, a blocking foul. I thought that was garbage. And there was a few others too, where it, it just seemed like the referees were either being too picky or just weren't calling the right calls. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and I think there was another one where uh, there was at least three that I can remember off the top of my head. One one was definitely on Jimmy Butler whenever he was going for a shot right there towards the end uh, of of the uh, the half, the first half, where he was taking a shot and his arm completely got chopped down. Um, but I'm, I'm just bringing that up to say that the, I think the officiating was bad overall, but I don't think it leaned towards the heat in any way no no uh, and it was just uh, like i said it was a complete team effort compared to nothing for the celtics another thing that you saw from the heat was running plays for who on the court and it wasn't it wasn't jimmy butler who you'd expect it wasn't kyle lowry who you might expect it wasn't any of their other main scores maybe a 20 point score they were running plays for cody zeller who you wouldn't expect uh, at all to be able to make make those plays, and so that was just kind of what was kind of shocking. Kind of shows the the, the absolute disrespect uh, for you know how they didn't really respect uh, what the Celtics had had you know were bringing to the table. Yeah, definitely. But uh, it looks like we we finally have our other co-host for the evening. We got Blake uh, joining us. Blake, how you doing, man? Oh man, what's up, guys? uh sorry i was a little late oh you're good uh, me and my buddy yeah we were we were uh trying to trying to figure some stuff out on our on our little show and everything and and uh finally got it worked out so i'm i'm here and ready to ready to talk some sports man yeah yeah we were giving you guys a little shout out too i, I wasn't i wasn't trying to rush you to jump over here in any any hurry or anything like that but no it's uh, we, we were just now bringing up the the heat i mean i, I guess i haven't asked this question yet do you think the heat can sweep the Celtics. I mean, Game Four going to be in in Miami. Do you think they can pull off the sweep? Absolutely, absolutely. Jimmy Butler, 
is is that dude, man. And and you know, I, look, I think it all started with Grant Williams and the trash talking, man, and, <laughs> and Al Horford and the trash talking, and uh, you trash talk the wrong guy. And these dudes. Look, they're not superstars with the Heat, man. It's it's really just a bunch of guys that brought in that they bought into what Jimmy Butler wants to do, and uh, you know, Jimmy Jimmy's gonna give you he's gonna give you a hundred and fifty percent night in night out, man. And and uh, he's a he's a hell of a player. And and <laughs> if they do sweep Boston, uh, get your rest, Jimmy, because you're going to need it because these nuggets are for real, man. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, and uh, I mean, perfect segue. Let's go ahead and jump over to that matchup because not only do we have a 3 0 uh, situation over uh, in the East, but then you jump over to the West and we have another 3 0 situation. Uh, last show, mm-hmm. Blake, you weren't with us, but Jeremy and I were kind of picking the upsets in both of these conference finals. Uh, you know, first of all, being the Lakers, I mean, I just, I, I didn't have much faith in them the entire the entire time they got there. I think you were the only one that really had enough faith in them to make it to where they, they, they got. Uh, and I just didn't see it from the Lakers. But the fact that they were able to squeeze their way past the Warriors, I really felt like this could be maybe an upset or at least pushing the Nuggets to their limits. But, man, now the Nuggets, uh, Jeremy, the, the Nuggets are just looking on fire and they're 100%. they're pushing the Lakers. Uh, do, do either the Lakers or the Celtics have a chance in being the first team in NBA history to come back from being down 3-0? I don't think so. Literally, the, the Nuggets are tossing the Lakers around like a salad right now. Like, they're literally putting the hurt on... Th- on LeBron James and just it's it, it's not going to happen. Like uh, we obviously talked a little bit this, about this in hockey. Are for the Toronto series, are they going to come back from a three zero deficit? And obviously, we saw that outcome now. But it, looking on both sides, I if it doesn't get swept right now, I'm going to be generous and give them a game five for each team. Yeah, yeah. But I, I strongly feel like it's going to be swept. Yeah, I mean Blake, like I said, there it's. It's rare that this has happened ever. Uh, if if any city is going to do it, I guess it's maybe Boston, but. Does Boston or LA have a chance of, of coming back from the three zero deficit? Nah, man, nah, nah. Uh, you know, I want to say the Lakers just because they have AD and and LeBron, but look, it really comes down to the role guys and and you know Denver's Denver's role players are just clearly outplaying the Lakers right now, yeah, yeah. and. You know, and then you have LeBron really not playing his best basketball uh, when it matters in the fourth quarter. You know, he's he's struggling. So, I, I, no, I don't, I don't think they have a chance in Boston. Man, look, I think if you if you don't come back, which I don't think you are, but I think you got to blow this thing up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just uh, you've had you've had your chance. I think last year was about uh, the best chance that you're probably going to get. And then you come back this year and you don't capitalize. And, and, you know, I mean, I think it's time to just part ways and go different directions. Yeah. I mean, I, I brought it up a moment ago with the Celtics too. And, and it seems like they had from the, from the very get go, it just didn't seem like they were going to win the entire game through just because of the way uh, in game three, just because the way that they came out, just n- no passion, no heart, no nothing, you know, no, no team chemistry. Mm-hmm. You don't see guys kind of hollering and chippering at each other, you know, and, and I'm talking, you know, teammates, 
you know, kind of kind of chirping mm-hmm. at each other to, to get each other riled up and get each other on the right page and get each other kind of fired up and ready to go. You didn't see any of that uh, from the Celtics and on the Lakers. On the other hand, uh, you know, I, I think they're in a very similar situation uh, in this series. But uh, we brought this up on Friday, how the Lakers just seem like they have no physicality to their game. Uh, and, and that's really how you're going to win because you've got Nikola Jokic on the other side that's going to be physical down low and he's going to make you want to protect the paint. But then if you don't respect him outside, he's also going to hurt you out there. And you can go and double him up out there, but then he's such a facilitator that it just doesn't matter what you do. Uh, and so, I mean, I just feel like these are two teams that are in an in- incredible spot right now but then also, I mean, just think about it. It's going to be two teams if, if it ends up being this way where it's the Nuggets and the Heat. It's two teams that really don't have a lot of stars, but they have a lot of role players that are doing their part. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at throughout the entire lineup, like you just mentioned, like you don't have to resolve onto each five guys that are your main starters on their court. They got plenty of backup firepower, whether it's he sees five minutes on the court or if he sees 13 to 15 minutes on the court, they can definitely – rely on anybody that they look over to and say, hey, you're up and it's time to shine. And obviously, at the end of the day, like this is definitely not a team for both the Nuggets or for the Heat to sleep on any way, shape, or form. I mean, they'll definitely they'll definitely put the hurt on you, whether it's your starters or if it's your or if it's your last desperation, guys. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy to see where 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 they're at uh, and, and kind of seeing how you know, so we, we talked about, you know, how 3-0 in both of those those series, and then you jump over into the uh, NHL, in which we've been talking about this from maybe mid-year at least, mid-season, uh, in both of these these leagues where it's such a deep league, but then now you get to the conference championship games, uh, you know, the series for each league, and it's 3-0, 3-0, And, of course, there's a game, you know, going on tonight for, for each of those. But right now it's just so heavily, uh, you know, heavily lopsided in each of those series, which is just kind of crazy when you see how close all of these uh, these matchups have been. But let's jump over to the NHL because talk about close matchups. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll start off with the Panthers uh, just because if they're about to play tonight. You know, they're only about 15 minutes away from, from puck drop. And so... Seeing the Panthers, I mean this this matchup. Man. Of course, another another situation where really probably shouldn't have even been into the end of the playoffs. Barely made it in, beats the number one seed, and just barely, but you know by the skin of their teeth, mm-hmm. uh, getting past the Boston Bruins, who again we talked about them, the best regular season team uh, that has ever done it, and to see them get past the Bruins, that really gave us a lot of a lot of hope and and there's been a lot of hype around the Panthers but then to cruise past the the Maple Leafs the way that they did almost sweeping them uh, and then now you go against arguably the best team in the playoffs uh, the, the the team that's proven the most in the playoffs in the Hurricanes uh, and probably the favorite going into this this series uh, too to win it all uh, so I mean you know Blake the, the Panthers not only do they do they go in there and it's it seems like it may be lopsided towards the Panthers right now but it's very close because we had between two games in this series alone we had 11 periods uh, and for for people who don't know hockey very well there's only supposed to be six periods in two games so I mean we basically got three almost you know we, we got like a good three, three almost games four games out of it to, yeah. 
So, I mean, I mean, Blake, uh, the Panthers, they've been surprising us all playoffs long, but now they're surprising us even more with a 2-0 lead, taking both of them on the road. If you're if you're Carolina, how do you come back from game one? Though? Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, as soon as that happened, as soon as they lost in game one, I, I, that's the first thing that I said. It. How do you come back from it? Because I don't know if you can. No. Like, in in my opinion, man, like you get beat the way they did in four overtimes uh, at that moment when with time running down, getting ready to go into another overtime and, uh, and Florida just rips your heart out. And I, I just, I think they're dead, man. I, I think Florida, I think Florida is going to play for the cup. I, yeah, I and, really do. Yeah. And we, we talked about it the other night too, where, you know, Florida right now, it's mainly just their defensive shifting, you know, the way that their defense becomes an offense so they become forwards yeah. and and the forwards drop mm-hmm. back into defense and then as soon as the puck is turned over the defensemen are already the first ones down the ice again and the way that it's rotating for for the Florida defensemen uh, Jeremy I think I think the Florida defensemen are really what's holding this team together as a whole and then of course on both sides amazing amazing goalie play so I don't want to to you know, downplay that at all, but uh, I think the main thing that's keeping the Florida Panthers alive is their defensive play. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like their defensive play has been absolutely un- unbelievable. Like you mentioned, obviously little situations where their defense is cruising into the offensive zone when their forwards are getting a line change. Like that's a big key thing in hockey, just in general. Obviously, trying to get fresh legs out for your team than just cruising in the zone then your defense can pinch down on the boards and just hold the puck in then your forwards can obviously communicate with you and just just get ready to get a play set up break out or do whatever the situation be but yeah their goaltending outside what you mentioned just been absolutely unbelievable it's like take it for take it for a perspective you get into overtime you got to completely refresh your mind erase the first three periods out of everything got to start a brand new hockey game just literally everything it's one thing to do it once, but then you got to do it twice. And guess what? A third time. Man, how much coffee and prime did you drink during the intermissions? Holy cow. Then you got to do it for almost four full overtimes, but obviously we saw the outcome. Like, that's just – it's just also a big mental thing. It's like a lot of people think it's just another typical game. Here we go. Get it over with. No. It's such a big mental thing physically and mentally for a mindset. It's – it's really, really gruesome in a way to say it, but like it, that's another thing about hockey that makes it so fun just for your mental stability about it, then just getting your mind right, then just just reset and refresh and just get everything ready to go. And like obviously you've seen the hockey aspect as much as I have. It's it's not easy any way, shape or form. Like that's what that's what we love about the game so much and just outside of all the fancy moves we see in the All-Stars, but that's a completely different story. But, yeah, you you, you can't ask for much more than you just got to just gotta get your mind right, just refresh, then just keep rolling, then just got to stay strong. Yeah, and and like I said, this matchup is about to, to mm-hmm. go for Game 3 just now. You know, it's where they're getting ready for it. Yep. Uh, we got it up on the wall here in the studio. But, Blake, who do you think takes Game 3 here? It's going to be in Florida now. Uh, who do you think takes Game 3? 
I'm going with the Florida Panthers, man. I thought you were going 3-0. with Carolina. 3-0. No, I, I could tell by the grin, the, the immediate grin, it was going to be the Panthers. Like you said, Josh, their defense, man, and and, and goalie play, like, uh, you know, defense wins championships. And, and uh, I don't know, man, I just like riding with the underdog. Man. Yeah. And, and they're Everybody's hot right now. Uh, yeah, man. And, and uh, I like them tonight. We know how Britain works. Uh, every time we do any kind of betting uh, competitions, he's always taking you know the, the plus five hundreds and stuff. Like, dude, you know we can go in the minus a little bit, right? We I think we capped it out at like two, minus two two twenty five or something like that, maybe two fifty. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, you don't always have to take these underdogs. Yeah, but you know it's. <laughs> bigger money if you win and that's <laughs> but i know I, I like the pick a lot and i like the panthers it's it's just one of those tough series because in in all reality when i'm when i'm trying to make sense of what's going on here i'm thinking there's no way that the hurricanes give up three in a row to the panthers mm-hmm. to the eight seed panthers i mean there, there's no way that happens so that surely they come back and barely win. Maybe they maybe they win in another overtime game. Honestly, I think if it goes to overtime, the Panthers are just they have more stamina. They're they're just so much better and so much faster in overtime. And like I said, I think their defense just gets even stronger uh, in in overtime. So I mean, I in all reality, I want to say that the Hurricanes are going to win, but I I agree with you. I kind of I'm, I'm feeling like it's going to be another upset night, and we're going to see the Panthers go up 3-0 mm-hmm. against one of the favorites for the for the entire entire playoffs mm-hmm. uh jeremy who do you got winning tonight i'm i'm sticking with everybody we're all going for florida right now like blake obviously just mentioned stick with the underdogs but i mean the florida's power play is just strong out of the gate like especially even in overtime obviously for the last couple of games we saw alexander barkoff pull the fake in between his legs then pull it back and just bury it in the back of the net man that thing was Dirty, holy cow! Like power play is just key thing. Obviously, going in overtime, obviously you score, you're done. But like, just overall, it's gonna be a fun series. Then I don't expect Carolina to drop a game three, but if Florida keeps rolling like the way they are, then we might be talking about a different story right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been an, it's a really fun matchup to see, uh, and I knew it was gonna be fun, but I didn't realize how fun it would be. Uh, and the fact that it might be over in maybe five games, six max. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm calling five. I don't. I don't see it going to six. I just. I don't see this going to six. I could see the Hurricanes winning either uh, this game or game four, but I just don't see it. I, th- I think it's going to be over in five. The way that the the Panthers are just destroying them. Yeah. Uh, and and like you said, Blake, I think they're wearing them out. But just the fact that this one's going to be done possibly so soon and yet it seems like we've seen so much hockey being played out of it and the fact that it feels so lopsided yet uh, you know it was both games so far have been incredibly tight that's why it went to four overtimes because mm-hmm. no neither team could score uh matthew kachuk pulling it out and and both of them uh to be able to, to score that overtime goal to finally end the game um but then we jump over to the western side of the the the, the uh the you know, the Western side of the NHL right now in the playoffs, and we see the Golden Knights, Dallas Stars. I just didn't see enough from the Dallas Stars to think that they could hold on and do anything yeah. uh, against the Golden Knights. I've been talking about the Golden Knights for, for anyone that's watched for any period of time. I've been talking about them for a while, especially towards the end of the season when you really see 
the way that they just keep the entire game in front of them. And you're seeing it again and again, even throughout the playoffs. I didn't think that they had the talent to be able to match up against the Oilers. But then you see how they play, and it's not the talent that that, that really goes into the, the Golden Knights. It's the team chemistry uh, and the fact that the, the whenever they're on defense, they're going to plug the lanes and help their goalie. Uh, and, and they do it in such a way where it's not blocking the goalie's vision, uh, and, and they do such a good job of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on offense, it just seems like they're nonstop attack, attack, attack. Uh, and so, I mean, the Golden Knights have been scary all the way through, and they're, they're, they're one of them that... I saw making it far in the playoffs. I just didn't think they'd be this much of a powerhouse in the playoffs. Um, But we we see them win game two. They're up two to zero, Jeremy. Uh, And another one that that was in overtime. Yeah. There's been so much overtime hockey. It feels like you're watching more overtime than than regular periods right now. Like um, The Vegas Golden Knights have definitely been, to say the least, lights out, honestly, right now, in my honest opinion. like Obviously, I know when they first came around the league, when they lost in the Stanley Cup Finals to my Washington Capitals, that felt fantastic. But um, obviously, the time has elapsed. Then this is a brand new season, of course. Um, Vegas Golden Knights—they've been trying to chip away each year since that Stanley Cup loss. Of course, it, it, just losing any championship is hard. And obviously, for all of us, we're going to speak that taking a loss in the championship is not the easiest thing. It'll it'll haunt you for a long time. But like. Looking at it now, Vegas Golden Knights, they've definitely been hurting, taking the hurt to Dallas. They've been definitely plugging up the lanes, like you mentioned, Josh, blocking shots, then taking for the team. Then they've just been playing all around great hockey right now. And of course, as you can tell, the series, t- I mean, going into 2 0, and possibly 3 0 by the end of this weekend, yeah. or not even end of this weekend, but by midweek. Like, yeah. We can definitely see possibly another game five or even a game six situation, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, it's just incredible. Like I said, to see both leagues being as deep as they were this year, mm-hmm. get to the conference, you know, the conference finals for both these leagues, yep. uh, and then ending, you know, at least coming to, to uh, starting off this way, anyways, uh, you know, starting off with such a dominant force on one side. Uh, I, I don't know. It just it just boggles my mind because I thought for sure whenever we saw the Florida Miami, uh, you know that that matchup, I thought that was going to be one that was. Uh, I, I keep on saying Miami, Florida, <laughs> Florida, Carolina. Uh, you know, because the the Hurricanes. I keep on thinking Miami in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever you see the Panthers and uh, the the Hurricanes go up against each other, I thought for sure this is going to be a very tight matchup. Uh, you're not going to see one team pull ahead, and it's going to go into a game seven. And the same. Uh, with the Golden Knights, I thought they could win it in six, but I mean the way that they've been controlling the game, uh, it's just it's it's hard to to compete with them. Yeah. And the fact that they're keeping one of the toughest offenses down as much as they are, yeah. uh, and and stopping them as much as they are, that's what's been really uh, impressive to me in this entire series of you know I guess entire playoffs and both the series that we're seeing right now. Um, but then. I guess we were just now talking about the NBA, um, but I want to kind of jump back to an NBA topic. Uh, we see one of the greats, one of the the guys that I think all of us probably grew up see, watching on the court, uh, and I think he's top nine in all-time scoring, Carmelo Anthony. Um, Melo, I mean, he was one of my favorite players watching him, uh, and every time he tried coming back, I, I was always rooting for him to have a good comeback story, and it just never seemed to click. It just never seemed to be that that great comeback story for him, and I, I hated to see it uh, go down that way for him. But uh, he announced 
I at least saw the, the article today pop up that uh, now Mello has officially retired. He's away from the game. Uh, and I, I guess hats off to him, a, a, an incredible career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess, Blake, uh, does it surprise you to see him finally hang up the hat and just kind of give it up? doesn't surprise me one bit fellas and 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 here's the thing man it go go check out the video on his social media page yeah. uh, it it's it's really saying like hey my time thank you for giving me everything that you that you did okay the nba blessed me and the nba gave me this this fabulous life that i live right and and uh, <clears throat> mellow he that, that that's that's one thing that stood out to me is is he uh, went through the Olympics in the video and and he he started from high school to Syracuse and then to the NBA with the Nuggets and and he made sure that uh, he had the USA across his chest in the Olympics and uh, you know that is one thing that always sticks out to me with Melo is uh, he was part of the Redeem team man and yeah, he brought the United States basketball back to the glory days of us no longer getting disrespected. And he was in that group with D Wade and LeBron and, and Chris Bosch and all those, you know, man, I mean, there was some dogs and, and now at the end of the video, he rolls it over to his son and he says, now I'm going to give you everything that I know. I'm going to pass it along to you so you can flourish in this game and it can take you as far uh, is it possibly can? And he says, you know, I'll always be proud of everything that you do. So, uh, you know, th- as being a dad, man, that that's that's all I want to see for real. And yeah. uh, I, I, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Uh, I know yeah. when I was, I know when I was twelve, thirteen years old, uh, a kid in middle school uh, watching Oak Hill and Saint Vincent Saint Marys play on ESPN when Carmelo and LeBron were in high school, man. Uh, incredible. Like, incredible. Those two guys in high school. And then watching Melo in 03, like, take Syracuse as a freshman and to cut down the nets in March Madness and then go to the Nuggets and really – he he really like transformed a franchise because like I mean the Nuggets were nothing you know and Melo goes there and like they're they're dogs man bad thing is they just had you know you had to deal with Kobe Bryant and you had to deal with the San Antonio Spurs man so like you know I, you can't knock Melo for not winning a championship right because. Yeah. I mean, you go over there and you have to deal with them, and then when you go to the Knicks, hey man, guess who else you got to deal with? Now you got to deal with LeBron. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's tough for Melo that he didn't get one and everything, but. Well, I think there's know, a lot I mean, of guys that kind of go into that category. I think we've talked about uh, CP3 being in, in that category too. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's several guys that you know. I I, I think. Uh, you know, even Blake uh, Blake Griffin, you know, is is one of those guys that mm-hmm. I don't think he'll quite be as you know listed as one of the greats as maybe uh, cp3 or carmelo or anything like that but you know just there's there's a ton of guys that really deserved a ring you know and even on the teams that they were on man they deserved a ring 
but they just go, like how are you going to get past certain teams and you know it was always san antonio spurs and uh and then it was always the heat and uh and then it turned into to the, maybe the Cavs a little bit and then the warriors so i mean there's just certain teams that just kept on taking over but yeah i, I totally agree with you man absolutely yeah man mellow hall of fame career um absolutely loved the the send-off and and uh he was just one of my one of my childhood dudes. So yeah, uh, it it kind of it kind of you know, officially seeing it, him retire today, it kind of hurt. You know, yeah, but yeah, just totally means I'm getting that. old. Yeah, because I, I like in my head he was retired. You know, like there's a lot of guys that are that way. That you know, I see them like I saw Kevin Love on the court last night. And I know that Kevin Love's yeah. still playing. I know he's with the Heat. I know he went down there. Um, but just certain guys like that where I'm like, man, they're still in the league. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like today I see Carmelo yeah. say I'm retiring. And I'm like, did he not retire? I thought he did. Dang, oh. man, that like that that kind of hit me. You know, like, man, yeah. like, man, one of the one of the guys that I loved watching. Uh, and he was even on a Knicks team that just couldn't get it together. Um, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it was, it was sad to see his career not be able to com- feel complete. But... I, I hope he never feels that way because yeah. it was absolutely complete. Oh yeah, like obviously looking, you can watch plenty of highlight reels for what Mel has put up in the league. Like obviously, once you mentioned Blake when he put out the video, like when you mentioned about him and his son that he'll always be proud and just looking forward to what he's going to put out there. Like that was the part that hit a little bit like in the heart, like you mentioned. Like it brought a little, it brought a tear to my. I'm not going to lie. Like those yeah. are the things that any father or, or just any person in general like. You think about that, like, your father's put up a unbelievable career. Like, yeah, he's number one mm-hmm. in ring, but look at the, look at everything he's brought to us. Obviously, whether it's on the court for Team USA or just for any particular team that he's played for, like, it's, it's hard to see Carmelo go, but like, it's definitely, it's definitely time, and obviously taking the next step in life to watch his kids and watch them perform and. It's definitely going to be hard not to see Carmelo on the floor again, obviously, but it's it's still going to be it's still going to be known that he'll be around the league. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun, uh, you know, and it's we we all wanted to see him be good, and we want to see him succeed, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think that's with all of us. I think we all want to look good at some point, and especially when we're on the golf course. You know, anytime <laughs> that we're golfing, we want to look good. And of I course, did at the range, but not the course. Yeah, you know. And so we're not we're not just sponsored. And today's sponsor isn't just Mahler Bros, but we're kind of powered by Mahler Bros. That's what kind of keeps the wheels kind of turning here at Rising to the Occasion. So we want you guys to go check out Mahler Bros because, of course, we all want to look good on the golf course, right? Uh, and sometimes it comes at the expense of feeling good. Uh, you know, and so being able to, to look good is one thing, but feeling good and feeling comfortable when you're on the course, getting that swing and groove, you know, and that's what Mahler Bros provides for you. Because not only can you look good, but you can feel good. We can't make you play good. That's kind of up to you. Dang it. But, you know, we can we could definitely help with the other two on, on, the, on that list, you know, and it's something that you check out the, the polos and it just seems like, you know, we're we're constantly coming up with new designs mm-hmm. throw on the website and everything trying to put those out there so that you guys have more of a, a variety more of an option uh and you know not only that we have uh s- s- we've always had slim fit but we've now got crossed over and started making more for the classic fit for the guys who maybe aren't as slim as as myself you know and i understand that um but then also you know we, we're making women's polos that we're finally putting out there as well so we're just constantly adding to the catalog go check us out mollybros.com we don't only have 
polos, but we also have hats, tumblers, t-shirts. Uh, and it, like I said, it's constantly growing. It's constantly adding more. For listening to this show and supporting us over here at Rising to the Occasion, we'll give you 10% off by using code RISING2. That's MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. And use code R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O for 10% off. Uh, like I said, it's an amazing way to look good and feel good on the golf course. Uh, and of course, whenever you're out on the golf course wearing one of these polos, people are going to stop you and ask you where you got that polo. That's how good they look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how good they're going to feel f- for you too. So go check us out. MahlerBros.com. Use code RISING2 for 10% off. But guys, let's jump into Anthony, uh, not Anthony, uh, Antonio <laughs> Brown. Anthony Brown. Uh, that's what I'm going to start calling him. Antonio Brown. He's kind of made a clown of himself in recent years. Uh, and it was definitely time for him to finally just step away. Uh, and it was kind of kind of fun to see him go out the way that he did. But now he's back into football, and I don't know if you guys have heard this, but uh, a little while back he, he bought a, a team, and it's called the Albany Empire, uh, and I believe it's an indoor football league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's an indoor, indoor football team. So not only is he, he the owner, but he's becoming Jackie Moon because he can't get guys to stay on his team. He can't keep a coach around. And it sounds like rumors are saying that he can't keep the coaches around because he's not paying them. Uh, and so, you know, and he's kind of Jeez. upset with the way that things are going. And so he's becoming Jackie Moon in the sense that now he's, he's of course, the owner. But apparently rumors has it that he might be stepping on the field to play for himself. Uh, and maybe he'll actually pay himself, uh, unlike the rest of the roster. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do we see this as, as being something that's going to stick around for Antonio Brown? Or, uh, you know, do you think... Anthony Brown uh, is just going to run the Albany Empire into the ground, Blake. Just, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> like, just, 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 bro. CTE is taking over. Like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what else to say, man. Like, the dude is a head case. He's lost it. Like, it's over. Uh, Which time go, did you lose it? Was it was it Vontez Burfecht <laughs> that put the hit on him that? That kind of sealed the deal. Yeah. Yep. Because it was pretty much yeah, ever that since it. that hit that this dude has just been going downhill in a spiral, thinking he deserves five hundred billion dollars a year, uh, and then you know couldn't find a team that wanted him because of his his ego, uh, and then he finally gets Tom to take him in and kind of you know give him a give him a place to stay, and then he's kind of breaking you know breaking relationships and burning bridges there, uh, you know, and I I mean just seems like time and time again he's given chances. Uh, and he just keeps on ruining them, uh, you know. And here he's he's got a football team that he could kind of bring back his his name in, in a good sense, you know. Just own the team and have a good season with them, you know. And you know, we we watch the Bandits here in Sioux City, yeah. and on you can get a fan base behind that. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. So I mean, Antonio Brown kind of taking over. Uh, do you agree with Blake? He just needs to give it up, go go home, and stay quiet. I'm not going to go 100%. I'm going to go 200% and say yes. <laughs> Just get out of here. Like, everybody was completely fine with without hearing Antonio Brown's name, whether it was the day after, all these years after. Like, seriously, we were fine with everything, and you guys stick your nose back into it. Like, Seriously, you're like you're like a bee that just won't leave you away, leave you alone on the golf course. Like we literally just want to have peace and just see everything normal. I mean, 
you've already got plenty of money. I mean, pay the people for crying out loud. <laughs> like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to to cut people short a few bucks or whatever, but you're not paying them at all. Like, that's to me, it's just a straight kick in the nuts. Like, seriously, you have to stoop down to that level and just be like that. Like, before you before you went on a complete basket case roll, like you you actually looked like a really really smart player, obviously. But then once you finally got your bell rung one too many times, you finally start pulling this crap. And like seriously, like what what are you doing? Like if you're just gonna plan for yourself, I'm not trying to sound really really disrespectful here, but this is one of those times where I really hope Antonio Brown gets his head licked. And just gets drilled, and maybe it'll knock some sense back. And <laughs> maybe he needs to step into the octagon or boxing oh. ring, you know, and kind of give a shot over there. Uh, that's maybe maybe uh, that's the route we need to start going. See him fight Chuck. <laughs> just see him fight Chuck Liddell and just get his belt on. <laughs> no, I mean it's just it, it's 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 been very old, very fast, a long time ago, uh, and you know there was. It, it seems like he was kind of in. In the times where, you know, it just seemed like there was a ton of players kind of going through that route where, you know, they're just asking for too much. And then it seems like they kind of get insane with some of the the, the respect they think they deserve. Uh, and then now go, going this far and, you know, to the point where, you know, whenever he exits the NFL, the way that he kind of jumps around and makes a big scene out of it. And that's that's just been who A.B. has been. And, I mean, now popping up in the headlines again. Everyone already thought it was enough when he walked out on the New York Jets-Tampa Bay game, but, I mean, I guess he's got to do something more big than that. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I think we've we've heard enough of Antonio Brown, but you know what I haven't heard enough of? What? Is Brooks Kepka winning another major. Uh, just absolutely insane. Hats off to him. I mean, it was really exciting. Jeremy and I were talking about the the PGA and the way that the odds were looking, and it just seemed like there was really your one or two leaders, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like you're pretty much going to probably stick with those two leaders, and it just it seemed like they were so far ahead by Friday that yeah, you can you can have that that uh, Cinderella story, or you know, you can have that guy that's an underdog at the time and, and bounce back. And we talked about uh, the last tournament, the last PGA tournament. Where John Rom, uh, you know, he he comes out of nowhere, uh, and he ends up <laughs> actually beating Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Brooks Kepka, he kept his head on straight. And one thing that I heard from him was that, uh, you know, we, if we back up to that one that he kind of he kind of just imploded uh, and and totally choked. Uh, you know, we, we saw him do that, and a, a big part of that was just that his rhythm was thrown off. Uh, and you, you see his rhythm kind of getting thrown off because the guys in front of him are taking too long. And he controlled his own pace this time, uh, where he was sitting there lining up every putt. Uh, there was yep. two-footer putts, you know, two- or three-footer putts. And he's sitting there, sitting there lining them up, not because he really needed to, not because he felt like if he didn't, he was going to miss it. Um, but I think, for one, it was just kind of a reassurance that he's going to make it. And on top of that, slowing down and letting the, the people in front of you get get ahead of you so you can just play your your pace. But he was also walking slower. Uh, and so, you know, he's taking a long time to get to his ball. So that way, whenever he gets there, he can go through his his uh, routine and, and jump on the ball and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but Blake, a lot of fun to see see 
really any winner in the PGA. I don't feel like there's any guy that I've really hated and that or that I hate to see win it. But a guy like Brooks Kepka, especially if you watched the full swing documentary on him, being able to being able to bounce back from his injury that just seemed like destroyed his career, going in, into the live to get that money, but then now being able to work his way back up to the top, man. Uh, a lot of fun to watch watch Brooks win it this weekend. Yeah, probably the best golfer uh, in the game when healthy, right? Currently, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the shots that that he had this weekend were, were incredible. But one thing that really stuck out to me uh, was Sunday down the stretch, anytime he had a little mishap, uh, he answered back. Uh, in, in that's something at the Masters that he didn't do. And – I thought that was super impressive uh, with Brooks. And, and uh, you know, like you mentioned, Josh, the slower pace of play, and he said that was a big deal uh, when John Rahm made the comeback and everything. <laughs> you know, he didn't let anything get to him this go around. And I felt like he, he constantly put the pressure on Hovland. Uh, anytime uh, Hovland got close within a stroke, he answered. And that's big on the golf course, man. Anytime you feel that pressure, you're either gonna you're either gonna hit a damn good shot or you're gonna shank one and 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 you saw him put the put the pressure on Hovland and what did Hovland do? He crumbled. All right. So uh, it, it was a it was a hell of a win from Brooks and and how about Michael Block though you know yeah, uh, Jeremy yeah. I, I mean I, I know you got to talk about Brooks man but I, I just wanted to throw uh, Michael Block in there man and and uh, you know congrats to that dude yeah, I mean definitely. what a dunking it on what was that hole fifteen uh, right in front of yeah. Rory McIlroy I mean how amazing would that feeling be uh, I, I was gonna yeah. make sure we gave him a shout out too just because I mean that's. That's insane. Just basically an average guy, really. Yeah. Gets to gets to make it yeah. make it to the PGA and give a, give himself a shot. Makes the cut and does that. And pulls, I mean, and pulls an ace yeah. out of the spot. Yeah, just absolutely yeah. insane. And his reaction was probably the best. I'm just lucky I can make it to the yes. green. He he just kind of looks over like, I, I think Did in I, his brain he was what? like, that didn't really happen. Yeah, like that that's. Yeah. It's impossible. You know he had to be and it just, himself. It just looked like he didn't know what to do. Like, really? thanks. Yeah. Uh huh. And walks on like yeah, it was nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> no, but I mean, Brooks Kefka winning it all. Uh, just a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got a chance to watch a little bit of the PGA. And, like, just watching these guys, just how just steady calm that they always are. It's just unbelievable. Because obviously, Ooh. as we all know, like, you get in that one, you get in your rhythm and you have one bad shot. You try not to let it get to you. Like, as hard as it, as easy as it seems, like, obviously, golf's no slouch it's not the easiest thing to play like obviously we played rounds and rounds of golf josh and obviously we have our great days and we have our days we don't like to talk about but i mean obviously our dream one day <laughs> making it to the pga at least we hope so but um like you have an ace like that i mean seriously what more can you ask for just like i said i'm just lucky i can make it to the green for crying out loud like I'm just lucky to maybe get it ten feet to the flag. I'm I'm used to sitting on the back, but I mean, just overall, just watching this golf, it's just been unbelievably fun to watch. And like I know some people don't have the time just to sit and watch golf, but truly, it is honestly fun to sit down and watch. And I I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was talking about it. I went with a guy at work today, and 
we we went golfing with him and oh, you know and, and you know he was he was just not nearly as good as he was talking himself up to be uh, you know, and he was out there just <laughs> constant mulligans. I was sweating uh, and, bullets before and, we even started. And I, yeah, and I don't mind one bit teasing him, and, and if if he even hears this too. But you know, just it was it was funny. So today he says something about him, him hitting. Uh, I think he said eighty nine uh, on eighteen holes, and I was like, really? What? Was like, yeah, I don't believe that. And come to find out, this was like a course that only has, I think, uh, two par fours, a par five, and the rest are par threes. You know, something like that, where it was just basically a par three course with a couple of par fours hidden in there. That's what somebody else told me. Uh, so I was I was cracking up on that, you know, but kind of kind of made me think of him and had to had to maybe roast him a little bit live need, so everybody else can kind of hear. We need to get him golfing hear. with us again. That'd be fun. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, golf, a lot of fun, but let's jump into some college softball because college softball this weekend was a lot of fun for some of us. Blake, I was rooting for your Auburn Tigers. They were. pulled it out game Ooh. one, but I mean, anybody who, what, who's the underdog there, if you're the, you know, I guess not seated, uh, then you have to win two games. Uh, and so for those who don't understand how that works, double elimination, which means if you're the lower team, you're, you're not, uh, you know, you're not, not the, the seated team in, in that, that matchup. You have to win two in a row in the same day, which is incredibly hard. Winning two in a row against the same team is hard, but to do it in the same day, uh, it was Man. really hard. We saw that from both Auburn and uh, South Carolina, I think was the other one that, mm -hmm. that had that go on there. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the bracket and there's only, uh, there's only three teams, I think, if I remember right, uh, that ended up upsetting and being able to make it through that double elimination uh and you know so it's it's it was a lot of fun to see that we saw uh i, I, I wanted to say i know it was louisiana was one of them uh, and i was trying to look through to see if i could find the other ones but uh on on the side of the bracket where you have you know your oklahoma uh and and texas and uh clemson over there you you had all the seated teams made it made it through um and on the other side we see ucla fall which uh was a, a little sweet for me to be able to kind of kind of see ucla yeah. fall just from the the smack that they wanted to, to talk all you know earlier in the season only to be able to get whooped by oklahoma uh now making it into the tournament getting getting beat hurt my bracket uh, so that was that was kind of fun to watch them fall uh louisiana was it was a fun one they were able to beat lsu uh, and so, I mean, that's incredible. Did uh, you watch that game? A, a big, I didn't get to watch the, the entirety of the game. That was nuts. Uh, so I was kind of clicking around watching them. But, I mean, after watching this weekend, I think there was a lot of teams that that looked very impressive. Uh, you know, I think, if I remember, I think Georgia was one of the teams that really impressed me. Uh, they beat Virginia Tech 12-3. to uh, Really, really impressive game. Uh, and then, you know, there was uh, Texas, I think, looked really strong. Oregon was another uh, strong quiet, quiet. team. Uh, there was quite a few that impressed me, but I think Nebraska almost almost being able to pull it off there in the game one, and then just kind of imploding there late. I know that would probably hurt Britain yeah. uh, to watch that one, but I, I was watching a lot of softball uh, mainly <clears throat> yesterday, and I just don't see another team as as powerful as Oklahoma right now. And I know we all kind of picked Oklahoma to kind of win it all, but Blake, I'm not sure how much of the the tournament you were able to catch on. I guess this past weekend, um, but I just personally I don't I don't see a team as dominant as Oklahoma at the plate. 
Well, guys, I'll tell you, I was on vacation down in Orange Beach, Alabama, and I ended up getting sick, as you can uh, probably hear. I'm struggling. Uh, but I did get to watch a lot of softball, right? So I was up in the recliner uh, in the condo, man, and, and uh, watching a good bit. And, and I enjoyed the action. But like you said, Josh, nobody's beating Oklahoma. No. I just – I don't even think this is a serious tournament right now. No. Uh, Oklahoma is just that that much better uh, than every team in this tournament. I, I really believe that pitching, hitting, defensively, uh, there's just – in every phase of the game, man, they're just better. And coaching, uh, they've been there before. The, the lights are – they're not too bright. I mean, they're just better. And – you know, it's I hate it, but it kind of it kind of waters down the tournament because of how good they are. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy too, and I you know I'm I want you guys to to kind of correct me, you know where where I'm wrong because I know I'm going to be biased in this, but I'm I'm watching each team and I don't see any teams that just look as <clears throat> fluent. Uh, as, as Oklahoma yeah. is in this entire tournament, I mean, you you watch Oklahoma; they look like professional softball players whenever they're playing, whoever it is that they're playing. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched them, you know, in the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, you know, th- right now I think they're fifty four and one. I mean, that's just how how much better they are than everyone. They've they've only lost yep. one game, and it was a, a kind of a crappy a crappy game, you know, just on both sides really, and it just seemed like they they couldn't quite get any any hits. But in, in the first inning alone, four home runs, uh, you know, uh, you know, out of uh, you know, four home runs hit. Yeah. Uh, and they end up leading. I think it was six to zero at the at the end oh, of the, the first, first inning. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, just yep. they end up winning sixteen to three against Cal yesterday, uh, and it just seemed like Cal was struggling. They couldn't. They were rotating pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, do you see anybody else that that might? be able to put up a fight against Oklahoma? Honestly, I, I sincerely don't. Like, I'm just curious if they're already trying to make three P print off shirts right now for how strong Oklahoma's looking. Like, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw a stat. Oklahoma's twenty five for fifty two out of the games they played for when they have fifty two, they did they made five run rules. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Like you put up that caliber of just being able to get ball to the, I mean, hit the ball out of the park or just put up that month, not, yeah, that number of points. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah. honestly, Oklahoma's just absolutely a monster right now. Like you mentioned, Blake, whether it's on on the defensive side or hitting or whatever the situation be. And as you mentioned, Josh, their mindset just when they get up in the batter's box, if it's not gone, it doesn't feel like anything. Yeah. Like, or even just shoot for a gap, it still doesn't feel like anything because their mindset, they just want to hit a dinger each time. Yeah. Like it's Oklahoma's just playing absolutely unbelievable. And it it shows that for their record just for what they're putting up right now. Yeah, Patty Gasso has to be the greatest coach ever. Uh, you know, and I, honestly of of all sports. I think she gets put up there uh, as as one of the greatest coaches ever to do it, just from what she's mm-hmm. being able to do. Yeah, I mean, taking on an Oklahoma team that really wasn't much, and when she first got to Oklahoma, uh, she talked about this in an interview a while back how they were kind of the always the underdog, so it was very easy. Now, I, I mean, 
it, it's it's much like what we see there at Alabama. You know, Alabama or even Georgia is kind of stepping into that role right now, where you are the villain, you are the one with the, a, a target on your back. Mm-hmm. But you know, last year it seemed like Oklahoma kind of had a little bit of vulnerability where you might be able to to squeeze in there uh, and, and beat them here and there. I think they only ended up with maybe four or five losses on the season last year. <laughs> um, so. But then this year, I just don't see that vulnerability. I mean, you're you're seeing every swing is is like you said is is it's going for the fences or nothing mm-hmm. uh and and the whenever they're able to play like that and that confident uh and then not only that but you got you know girls like jada coleman out in the out in the outfield that are going up there and snatching home run balls back in back in bounds you know and p- putting you out and uh you know grace lyons probably the quickest and most athletic shortstop in, in women's college softball right now. Uh, she's been outstanding, uh, and I think she won Defensive Player of the Year, if I remember correct, at least in the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, and I think there was something like five different Big 12 uh, all-team players, you know, first-team first team players uh, for Oklahoma. I mean, just an incredible team. Uh, honestly, right now, I think the way I'm seeing it line up, too, is it's, it seems like it could be really sweet for Oklahoma. Because uh, it looks like in the semifinals, they could go against Texas, you know, whoop up on your on your rival down south there in Texas, uh, and then for the national championship, it's very possible you could be able to go go and, and beat another rival in Oklahoma State, uh, who you just now beat for the Big Twelve championship. Uh, it, you know, it, it would just it, it's lining up to where it could be very sweet uh, for Oklahoma to be able to win it mm-hmm. in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I'm. Yeah, I mean it's 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 been a lot of fun to, to watch it so far. Like I said, I mean we, we've mentioned women's college softball several times now because it's kind of one of those sports that I think doesn't get looked at enough. But uh, here coming up soon, not just women's softball uh, and, and college tournaments there, but we're going to see conference championship championship tournaments going on uh, in baseball. Uh, and I know Blake's pretty excited about that down in the SEC. We're seeing mm-hmm. the the Big Ten is going to be played here in Omaha, uh, so I'm. I'm trying to see if I, maybe I can shoot down and maybe catch a game or two of that uh, and, and see see if I can catch any of the action there for the Big Ten championship as well. But, uh, I mean, looking at the way that's rolling, Blake, I know we've been kind of high on on your Auburn Tigers. Definitely one of the <laughs> best teams in, in the entire, you know, really in the, in the, in the nation the right nation. now. Uh, they're they're on fire, uh, upsetting not just upsetting LSU, but sweeping them uh, and doing what they did there. And then ever since, they've just been on a on a tear. Uh, I mean, kind of give us the rundown of what your Auburn Tigers are going to have to look at uh, coming into this tournament. Well, Josh, uh, let me correct you. We didn't sweep LSU. They oh, got us with Skeens. What was no, it? they got us with Skeens. Uh, th- oh, they, yeah. Their Friday night guy, the number one pitcher in the country, he beat us. Okay. But I thought it was three zero. We that one, we but. we handed them their first series loss. Yeah, I got you. Of the there season. You go. All right, well, so we'll, we'll call it a sweet that, anyway, just to make <laughs> us feel better. <laughs> yeah, uh, it it felt like a sweep, right? You know, you, they it haven't did, been yeah. beat all year. Did. You know, and um, the the biggest thing, man, is with Auburn is their pitching staff, right? Their their pitching staff found something. Uh, they went to Alabama. They lost that series. A lot of people were saying that they were done. Uh, and then they caught fire, man. And and they were three outs away, four outs away from their season coming to an end, for real, uh, in the Mississippi State Series. Uh, and they come back in that game. And it just started from there, man. It They went to South Carolina, 
beat LSU. They've swept their last two series uh, at Ole Miss and at home against Missouri, man. And they're just super hot right now. We know what their 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 lineup can do on offense, and and it all just ultimately come down to pitching. And they found something. And if they continue this. Right now, they're saying that Auburn has played themselves into hosting a regional, so you will have that first round of games at Plainsman Park in Auburn. And then right now, I think we're projected 12 seed, so we would match up against the five seed that is projected, and that is Stanford. So you would, you know, if you win your region, you would have to go out to Stanford for super regionals. Uh, and, you know, Stanford, they're their classic powerhouse baseball program. We played them in Omaha last year, beat them late, uh, and and ended up moving on to ultimately get put out by Arkansas. But I would have no problem going out there and playing in Stanford uh, to get to Omaha. Like I think, uh, I think this Auburn team can easily get to Omaha. Man, I really do. Like they're that good offensively, and the way their pitching has set up uh, on the back stretch of SEC play has been phenomenal. So I just might be seeing you fellas. It, it might happen next month. So we're rooting for it. You know, uh, you know we're behind so. the, you know, we're behind the Tigers. Uh, if, if for nothing else, uh, just to see, see you in person, you know, have you come up and check out the studio real quick and yeah. get around. Yeah, golf yeah. Get some golfing in. And I put my, I put on ESPN just for Auburn, just every single thing, just so we can get one step closer to seeing you up here, Blake. <laughs> yes, man. Yes. Look, I, I want them to get back so bad because like, I'll be honest, the last two times in 2019 and last year, I, I really just took it for granted, you know, and I was just like, Eh, I'll go, you know, the next time. I always had something going on. And I was like, oh, I'll just go the next time, you know. I'll just go the next time. But when you really look down and, and you sit down and you, you look at how hard it actually is to get to Omaha, you don't know when next time is, man. And well, if, so if, if I remember correctly, too, if, and, and your <laughs> SEC tournament, too, it's very possible you're matched up against Vanderbilt uh, right after uh, your first round, right? Yep, that nice is summer. correct. Uh, we will play. We'll play Missouri tomorrow night. We got the late one, and then um, Wednesday we'll match up with Vanderbilt in a late matchup. Uh, and then if you make it, if we win tomorrow night, it turns into a double elimination style bracket. So if you if you win tomorrow night, you'll get you're guaranteed to get two more games. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean that's that's scary because you know what I always say about Vanderbilt, they're good at two things: that's baseball and mathematics. So I mean that's that's, that's about a fact. it. That's about all they know that's there. A uh, so I mean, that's a that's a scary team to be matched up against. Uh, between them, I think LSU still, you know, heavily in the talk. I think for for the SEC right now. And you jump over to the Big Ten, yeah. I think you're you're looking at teams like Iowa. Uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not seeing enough out of the Big Ten to really be too worried about the Big Ten. Um, but then you know you start to look at. I think the ACC personally, I feel like that's kind of the scariest conference outside of the SEC right now. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and then Big Twelve. I'm not really, not really seeing a whole lot of talent come out of the Big Twelve or the other. You know, I, I, you you saw teams like TCU and Oklahoma State really start off really strong, um, and then you know Oklahoma completely imploding uh, over in the, in the Big Twelve, coming from a big run last year uh, to get all the way to the the, the, the big game, and then just kind of fall apart uh, this year. So 
uh, you know, just seeing the Big 12, I don't really see a whole lot. Like I said, I think right now I'm really feeling pretty big on, on both the SEC and ACC. I think the Pac-12 could possibly get a team in there to kind of surprise you. Like you said, you're going to have a, a team like Stanford. Uh, that could be a tough one in there too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for baseball, man, for college baseball. And, of course, after we get past some of these these playoffs that we're, we're in right now and everything, we'll start to even get into more. Uh, in the MLB and stuff like that too. We'll have a lot more on baseball, but uh, for the time being, we're just going to have to keep on covering these playoffs tightly as it just keeps on getting more and more exciting and uh, seeing some things that really kind of surprise us. Uh, and so it's been a lot of fun so far. For everybody watching, we thank you so much for watching up to this point. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, and share us on social media. You can find us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all that kind of stuff. So go check us out. Uh, and huge thanks again to our intern, Jackson. He's been doing a great job putting a lot of great content out there on our social media pages and helping us out there. Uh, and maybe we'll get him on to talk a little bit of NBA with us too whenever uh, we can get a chance to and kind of kind of show his face so that way he's not just behind the scenes and kind of doing our, our dirty work back there yeah. um but now we do really do appreciate all of you guys for all of your support if you're watching uh of course on youtube do all that stuff but if you're listening on apple podcast spotify uh, make sure you give us a five-star review that's the best way to help us is giving us five-star review share us with your your friends your family on social media however you see fit and until next time